Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 51 and 52, Space Education and Technology Developments in Pakistan. Today, to have a deep uh, dive into this topic, uh, we have with us Rabia Rashid. Hi, Rabia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Omkar. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for your precious time. Uh, this is the first time we are, uh, like you know, highly focused on some of the Asian or South Asian uh, conversation. I would say. uh because we recorded like one or two episodes on some of the countries in india and related to indonesia and some pacific uh but yeah there has been a lot of request uh, from uh, my audience uh, that i should record a lot of uh, asian content because of course i am myself from asia and <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately in countries like india and china you know the bureaucracy is so high it is tough to get the people from there Uh, so i'm glad uh, you are one of the first person i think kick starting this series of uh, talks uh, where i'll be inviting a lot of experts uh, from the south asian countries because i believe uh, having the world's biggest population concentrated in these areas we definitely have a lot to contribute in the space exploration domain so yeah thank you very much again uh, for your time thank you thank you omkar yeah uh, so yeah to begin with uh, can you tell us briefly about yourself like uh, uh how you entered the space sector and how you ended up doing what you are doing at the moment and what especially inspired you uh to pursue uh, like the space studies and you know promote space exploration studies in pakistan uh so it started for me at a very young age i think i was 12 years old and i always used to ask these big questions related to philosophy like where do we come from and what is the meaning of life and one day my sister used to read um english novels to me and we were reading a novel together and there was this chapter about big bang in that in that book um and i was just totally fascinated about uh, after reading that uh, uh, chapter and uh, later on at my school i found found out that i was getting promoted to a we have an astronomy club at the at, at the school and i joined that club and i met uh, the only i uh, not the only professional but I, at that time it felt like that he was the only professional astronomer in pakistan uh, my teacher mehrasim who really inspired me uh, towards uh, space space exploration and uh, i joined the astronomy club and i started giving presentation and the first presentation that i gave uh, it was on big bang um and it was really inspired by that chapter that my sister uh, used to read to me and uh, it all started from me there interesting yeah i think uh, yeah. each of us has uh, some uh, such a mentor uh, who inspires us for me also it has a kind of similar thing i have 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's really a, a great journey, I would say. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, proceed, right? Yes. And, and after that, I started giving uh, presentations at a local observatory that was also founded uh, by my same teacher who inspired me. And I started giving talks on astronomy. And later on, I discovered my favorite field within astronomy, that is astrobiology. And uh, I didn't stop after that. I joined many international organizations that helped me to gain more experience and learn more uh, about the subject. And I worked with many uh, people and many mentors uh, across the globe, uh, from people from Japan, uh, from India, from uh, US. And uh, I'm, I'm currently working uh, as a visiting scholar uh, at an organization, a US organization, Blue Marble Space Institute of Science. And I'm working on many educational and uh, outreach related projects with them. Interesting. So uh, it's it's a great journey, I would say, and I think I hope um, the students who listen to this podcast definitely take away some key points out of this journey. So and to you know begin with the actual topic that we are discussing today, can you tell us how space developments began in Pakistan? Uh, yes, uh, so I think it all started uh, when Sparkle was established, our local space agency here, Space and Upper Atmosphere Research Commission. Uh, it was established in 1961, and uh, the, the chairman for Sparkle around that time uh, was Dr. Abdul Salam, a Pakistan theoretical physicist, uh, who later on also won Nobel Prize in Physics. And uh, in 1962, Pakistan was able to launch its first rocket, Weber one um, and I think it was a great start, but we saw a great decline at the same time uh, uh, because the political interest, especially geopolitical interest, really shifted. And, uh, um, and uh, due to limited funding issues, uh, but I think uh, as, a, as a very young country around that time uh, and a, as a very young space agency around that time, it was a great start. Interesting. And, uh, you know, like uh, proceeding ahead, uh, because I believe uh, every nation uh, to develop its technology, they also have to develop a talent pool uh, in terms of, you know, uh, education, the research and the development. So can you provide an overview of the current state of uh, space education and technology developments in Pakistan? If we talk about the technology development, uh, there hasn't been a significant change. I mean, there are some really uh, important milestones that we have achieved. Uh, but if we talk about like what could have been done instead, uh, instead of what we have achieved, uh, it's very little as compared to the space education. Uh, so the satellite program, it was launched in 1990 with Badr 1 and then Badr 2. And now there are several set satellites for communication, Earth observation, and for uh, gathering scientific research data. Uh, but if we talk about space education, I'm really happy with the progress that we have made, um, not uh, at the individual level, but even once we look at the institutes and people uh, and astronomical groups, especially societies across the country, they have made tremendous, tremendous effort uh, to promote space education and to inspire the next generation. And I started my journey only 12 years ago. Uh, when I was at my school. And around that time, I could actually count the people who were involved in promoting space education within the country. Uh, like there were not many people. 
But now if I think about it, I can actually find many people at any given institute or any private sector, uh, space sector, wherever we go, we can actually find people who are doing amazing, amazing job to uh, promote education, space education. And I think it's going to have a very important and very, um, uh, very important impact uh, in the future uh, of space exploration within the country. Interesting. I think it's, uh, I'm really glad to hear this fact uh, because even I have experienced uh, a lot of my friends from Pakistan. Uh, I mean, there were like earlier when I came to Europe, I only hardly saw a few people. But now there is a whole lot of talent pool uh, who is who are, you know, coming to Europe, pursuing uh, a specialized education in the space domains. And this is because, yes. of course, uh, inside the country, there has been some development. Uh, so yeah, you, you're absolutely right. We can actually see this and I have personally experienced this because I really have a lot of uh, friends uh, in this industry um, who are from Pakistan and some of them, of course, uh, um, uh, most of them, of course, have become now the citizen of this uh, European countries as well. Uh, but we see a lot, a whole lot of talent pool, which is evolving. And I think this is the talent pool is basically the base foundation of any country to scale the technology. So I'm pretty sure like, you know, in the coming years, uh, the country will be able to definitely in a position to contribute to the high level missions. And, uh, you know, proceeding ahead a little bit uh, in the space education uh, question only. So can you uh, tell us how the space education has evolved over the years and in Pakistan and what milestones ha have been achieved? Uh, like if you can give some uh, specific uh, highlights of the space education related programs or even institutions, that would be great, actually. Uh, yes, actually, because there are uh, quite a few people uh, who started off uh, this journey as, you know, as a personal effort to make this change, uh, to draw on uh, the public, uh, uh, a public, uh, you know, interest towards the space education and exploration. So I can, uh, I can start uh, tell, telling you about uh, my teacher who inspired me, he started uh, Lahore Astronomical Society uh, in 1995, I think. And uh, he's, he did everything from his pocket and uh, he gathered all the people who were interested in space education and space exploration. So they would meet every once in a month and they would talk about their favorite topic or research, um, you know, that is uh, going on uh, on their um related to their interest and uh, and after the formation of that society it is known as uh, last as well Lahore astronomical society uh, i think they started off only like there were five to ten people and now there are thousands of people um, and they have uh, also provided online platforms for so many people you know the, those who can't dare leave their house but they want still want to engage with the community within the space community uh, in Pakistan, and they want to seek any opportunity, um, you know, because they offer many uh, courses, webinars, and stuff like that. And it's true for all major countries here in Pakistan, in Islamabad, in Karachi, Faisalabad, uh, all of these major countries, uh, sorry, cities have these uh, major uh, societies, astronomical societies. And uh, besides that, there are some government Institute, and we also have a space university here in Islamabad. They offer courses, uh, they give training to students how to do research, and they have recently opened an observatory and they allowed the students to use that telescope 
and uh, uh, do uh, work on their research projects. So I think that is actually one of the most uh, tremendous uh, effort and also a great milestone for all of us uh, who want to see this uh, positive change in the future. Interesting. It's great that you mentioned about uh, the astronomy clubs, uh, I would say, and the, and the programs. Uh, can you specifically point out uh, some of the programs which have been which have gained traction recently? Uh, uh, because like you know, I I know some of the universities uh, in Lahore and all uh, who are specialized in management and the science. Uh, but it would be great if you can just uh, mention specifically some of the institutes and programs because uh, we have a lot of student audience, you know, who uh, listen to this podcast. So it would be great for them to you know just note it down. So most of the astronomical clubs and uh, especially the independent clubs uh, and societies that are not associated with any bigger institute uh, and they are being yeah. run by people, um, uh, they offer uh, training sessions uh, and uh, they also have these monthly meetings where you can go and they help you to train yourself as a science communicator. I think that is actually one of the greatest opportunity that I ever came across uh, because when I gave my first uh, a presentation on astrobiology, I was only able to, you know, engage with my school fellows at that time. And later on, I was uh, in among this diverse, uh, uh, diverse group of people. Uh, they come, came from different backgrounds, uh, like some of them were in army, some of them were doctors. And uh, like there were no discrimination and people were just sitting and listening to you and asking you questions. And uh, uh, I think that is actually a great start if you want to do something in within Pakistan. Uh, one of the most common platform is uh, joining these societies. And other than that, there are actually, if we talk about the universities, if you want to get a degree and you want to professionally get involved uh, in the space sector, uh, there are some departments, for example, the Punjab University here, they have their space uh, space department, whole space department, and they offer a uh, different range of courses um, that you can do, you know, a bachelor, uh, and you can also do a degree, you know, master's degree. And uh, uh, besides that, uh, if we talk about Sparco, Sparco also offers a different training courses and uh, 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 different webinars in order to help students and people who are interested uh, to get some insight. Interesting. And, uh, you know, just from the perspective of the government side, because I believe uh, educational aspect, uh, even though, you know, the students want to learn a lot uh, in this sector and, you know, space, a lot of times it's, uh, I would say, associated with sometimes national security as well, a lot of times. So I believe the government's encouragement is also very important. And I have seen like uh, uh, through my childhood, uh, there is only one space agency which has been prominent to encourage its own citizens and even the internationally as well. That is NASA. Yes. Uh, even yes. here in Europe, uh, I've seen like European Space Agency, it has recently started some of the things. Uh, it has opened for the educational aspect, but it is not as you know broad as what NASA has in terms of you know science and communication. Uh, it's again similar, uh, you know, in India and Australia and China. I mean, they recently, uh, like 2015, they commercialized their uh, space industry. So several of the nations, you know, they are a little bit, you know, behind in terms of like communication. Uh, so I'd be curious to know, uh, like Pakistan's uh, agency, 
Suparko, uh, what role do they play in advancing in uh, space education and technology in the country? I think they, they play the same role as um, many other space agencies within the region and also across the world as well. I think it's true for them as well that they don't really play any major role. Uh, but in 2018, I came across a project that they launched named as SEED. Um, and they had a space theme van and they used to go to, from school to school to spread uh, awareness uh, related to space education and they would do different experiments. And I got connected with the project manager of that uh, project and they were doing an amazing job, uh, but I'm not sure if it's still active or not. But other than that, because I mean, it's such a big country. Um, so one pro project doesn't really define um, any effort. And if we talk about the technology again, it was when Sparkle was formed, it was mainly focused on satellite, um, uh, satellite research and uh, satellite development. So if we look at that, they have made some progress there. Uh, for example, recently they launched, uh, again in 2019, they launched Parkset for remote sensing and then uh, Pakistan Technology Evaluation uh, Satellite for Earth Observation. Uh, but other than that, um, to promote the technology, to uh, bring public awareness, to encourage people to get involved in the space research, I haven't really seen any significant uh, change there or effort oh okay and uh, as you mentioned about uh, satellite projects uh, because i believe satellites uh, always form you know uh, especially in the current times uh, uh, we have seen the commercial developments in the space industry so satellites are uh, looked towards not as a you know a module of race uh, between the nations yes. But everyone, every country right now, even like small nations like uh, Cyprus and even uh, like New Zealand as well. So even such small island nations also are looking towards satellite as something that can develop, help help develop their uh, national economy, infrastructure, yes. uh, yeah. maybe, you know, civil and uh, local, uh, I would say, developments that are go that go into the urban planning. So from that perspective, are there any specific satellite projects or missions that Pakistan has been recently involved? Uh, yes. Uh, if we talk about different projects related to satellite or other space-related missions, so uh, besides Rehber and Badr uh, satellite projects, uh, uh, recently yes. Pakistan launched uh, multiple satellites with the help of China and all of them for they were focused on communication earth observation remote sensing and for other purposes and uh, other than that pakistan has also been involved uh, with uh, china uh, lunar project that is actually going to bring a sample back uh, and it's going to launch next year in may and uh, pakistan is actually working on a cubesat for the mission uh, with the university in china so that is uh, something that is we, we all are really looking forward to. Uh, I believe that it will help us to really encourage and also motivate people uh, and engage them. And, you know, uh, once we are doing something actively in, in a field, it's actually much easier for us to uh, inspire people that, okay, this is the first step that we have, have taken in the right direction. And uh, you could be the, you know, you, you could do uh, something much more, 
major and uh, bring the change uh, that we are looking for. So this is something that we are really looking forward. And then other than that, Pakistan has also signed um, an MOU with uh, China, uh, and it became part of China's International Lunar Research Station. And China uh, is going to build that in a collaboration with Russia uh, on the moon. It's going to be a lunar base, uh, and they're going to build it by the end of this year, uh, by 2030. So we are all very looking forward to the opportunities that it's going to bring um, uh, for all the younger generation. Interesting. Yeah, I believe uh, collaboration is something that has always uh, thrived in the space industry. And I'm again giving this example. I've given this example in the previous episodes as well. Uh, I believe there are several countries on this planet which have a lot of differences with each other. Uh, but International Space Station is, is was one of the prime examples where two states uh, with no common interest, that is United States and Russia, they're still cooperating, you know, uh, on a space sciences research. And I think ISS has benefited a lot of nations uh, on this planet, uh, not only nations, I would say the commercial entities as well. So I think such collaborations should proceed ahead. And from that perspective, uh, as you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned already mentioned about China and Russia. Uh, but if you uh, can, you also tell us like how is Pakistan collaborating with other countries or international space agencies uh, in space education and technology development? So if you talk about like the bigger collaborations, uh, th there are some I think collaborations within the universities where students are engaging with the research uh, programs and uh, the private, private institutes are actually really engaging in this and providing countless uh, opportunities when it comes to research. Uh, I'm also planning to launch a project next year uh, with the help of Blue Marble that is going to help people to connect with the researcher uh, within their field, uh, within space sector, uh, so they can actually work and learn about different research methods and, uh, um, and, and you know, write research paper. That is something that we really need to work on if we want to bring uh, our attention towards the uh, space exploration. But at the same time, there are so many individuals uh, who realize the importance of space exploration and understand that how our future relies on it. So they are actually single-handedly, they are trying to bring that change and they are uh, inspiring the next generation. Most of that is being done by the help of space education. So I would like to name a few people who are doing a great job in that. So there's Amna Saleem, she's running Cosmic Perspective. And I think she introduced a lot of youngsters who are interested in space and uh, they want to get involved. And she introduces them to the people uh, across the world. And uh, besides that, there is Yumna Majid. She is also doing a great job uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, spreading uh, public awareness and also inspiring the next generation. She's mainly focused on children. So I think they, all of these people, they are doing tremendous job, in, including my teacher. Uh, he's actually working with now an astronomical group in Dubai and uh, uh, they, they have done many projects together. And there we have this science festival every year in October uh, in Lahore. And thousands of people from across the country come to attend that uh, festival. And uh, we also, that also helps us to get some help and attention from the international community. Uh, and I think these small yet 
you know, very meaningful effort. Uh, um, they have bigger impact and they are actually going to help us to uh, improve our international collaborations um, that are much needed and uh, to grow our network, um, you know, because we really need to do that in order to bring more awareness and in order to inspire more and more people. Definitely. I think uh, such small collaborations are very important uh, within Indian cities. And I believe uh, this is something that is lacking uh, in a lot of countries, especially I believe in uh, the South and the East Asia as well. Uh, but I, I think this has been very well uh, cooperated in uh, the United States and to some level in some of the European countries as well. Uh, and because uh, university collaborations and, you know, I think in general, I would say a collaboration within the national boundaries uh, it's, it's very important because it helps exchange uh, the talent pool as well. Otherwise, what happens is, you know, only the creamless students get into the prime institutes and, you know, the rest of the people are left behind and you are left with only, you know, handful of the experts uh, in the industry. So I believe it is it is very much important in this. When it's really great that you mention a lot of uh, individuals who are contributing to these efforts. Uh, I hope the students who are listening to this episode uh, will be taking away a lot of uh, key aspects and will be able to connect with them as well for the guidance. Uh, to proceed ahead, what opportunities from your perspective exist for young enthusiasts to get involved in space entrepreneurship in Pakistan? I'm asking this question not from a perspective of you know whether Pakistan has already an existing ecosystem in uh, commercialization of the space industry. Uh, but also from an aspect where is there is there a spark within the youngsters to at least you know start uh, something of their own in the space industry or possibly you know uh, take some initiatives in that domain uh, i'm not talking in just science communication but uh, actually to you know develop some kind of systems or components uh, on a commercial level so what are your thoughts on this I think that's very true. Um, we don't have many startups, and so it's very difficult to look for any ideal or for in inspiration. But there is one thing that I've seen in people around me, uh, and I've learned from that as well, that uh, whenever they want to bring something new, they, uh, they become that change in order to bring that change. And I think that's something very wonderful. Uh, about all the people uh, who are within the space community here in Pakistan. Uh, for example, I mentioned Yumna before. So she actually started her own education initiative and uh, she became that, uh, she actually created that opportunity for herself. Same goes for Yumna, same goes for many people who are doing work at, uh, you know, at the individual level and they have created their own startups and they are making these changes. And, and yes, the spark is there. People really want to work uh, towards the change. If I give you my own example, um, I started teaching astrobiology in 2017, and I was actually going to Europe to study uh, geology because I was mainly interested in uh, physical um, uh, in, in, uh, physical uh, sciences of uh, uh, exploration um, and the possibility of life uh, on other planets. So, my, but I didn't get the visa, so I had to stay back, and my parents forced me to study 
psychology around that time and i stayed back and but i really wanted to stay connected with the with my subject uh, with my field so i went to a school i was going for a regular teacher interview and i went there and i told them that okay i love this subject and i want to teach it uh, to the young uh, students there and uh, initially their reaction was that okay you need to give us a demo and then we will decide i gave them a demo and next day they gave me a contract uh, for one year so i designed one year course with the help of people uh, within the astrobiology community i designed my own course and uh, and now i have uh, actually more than 4000 students who have taken my course and uh, um, and still new students are enrolling all the time. And there's only one school where I teach. So I teach to at least like six to seven classes a day, um, uh, once in a week. So um, I think the spark is definitely there. And now the, the students that I taught in 2017 and other students, you know, that uh, uh, other people have interacted with, they have started their own little starters and they are doing great things and uh, uh, they are helping a lot in bringing the awareness and uh, bringing the change. Uh, besides that, uh, one thing that is very common here is the public observation sessions uh, that we arrange from time to time, especially all the, um, uh, you know, the these uh, private uh, societies, astron astronomical societies and clubs. And now all the private universities have their astronomy club. And I think that is a wonderful, wonderful change uh, that we could never imagine before. I remember when I got into college, it was a huge struggle for me to form an astronomical club there. And uh, because it was a government institute and it was very difficult to convince them to do any activity. Um, but now I see all these people and all these students um, making this change. And even schools, at schools, you will find that there are so many schools within Lahore, within Karachi, and all major cities, and even in some remote parts of Northern Pakistan, where people have these small, even small telescopes, and they would set their telescope out, and they would invite the uh, pub general public to engage, and they would communicate the science behind uh, these celestial bodies, and the science behind, you know, how our the, the importance of sun and different phases of the moon and if there's any uh, planet that is visible around that time and the response that we get from that public uh, i've been actually involved in uh, uh, outreach uh, sessions since i was very young and uh, i have seen tremendous change and i've seen people reaching out to us even uh, people from religious communities they reach out to us and they ask us question and they want to understand things and same goes for different schools. Uh, different schools invite all these uh, organizations and uh, societies to give talk and uh, uh, arrange these, these uh, observation sessions at their institute to bring more awareness. So this is something. So, so I think the spark is there. We just need to uh, give more opportunities to people. And what I've seen is that uh, people who have the experience, people who are like professional, uh, because of the limited limited opportunities here, they have to settle down in abroad, which is a sad reality. Uh, but once we, uh, if if the change that is happening at that time, it keeps happening at the same uh, at the same pace, uh, I believe that we can actually bring those people back and do much bigger things here. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, 
then please like share and subscribe see you in the next episode thank you